finishing up the book of Ephesians. And so as you're turning there, if you don't have a Bible with you, you should find one there in the seat in front of you. Uh, and so if you're using that version, it's page 979. It should help you find it a little more easily. 979, Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 18. Let's read God's word together. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So that you also may know how I am and what I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Jesus Christ, with love incorruptible. We did it. We, we finished the book. We uh, have moved through Ephesians over the past five months uh, and now are here in its, its conclusion, its, its final uh, few verses, this farewell that Paul is offering the church at Ephesus uh, and by extension encouraging us as well. And so as we fix our eyes here on these final few verses, I want you to take hold of, of Ephesians' end. I, I want you to, to miss what God has, has done here, this call and reminder that because God has brought us together, that we should pray for and care for each other in the way of Christ. That this is the picture that we've been walking through as, as this newly merged church of those of Grantwood Community Church and Old Oak Bible Church and those from other parts of, of Cleveland and around and are coming together, God is, is bringing us together for this purpose, seeing that and declaring that to the glory of God. And so this is the, the final way that we get to do this is, is that we get to declare uh, the way of our prayer, this mutual concern and, and a blessed farewell. Church will exist next week. Well, scripture is a big book, uh, and so we get to continue to to move through God's word, God's counsel. Um, but it's it's a, a kind of a, a sweet sorrow to to finish a book that has been uh, so impactful. Uh, but what we're closing on and, and what we're finishing in is as all of this has has gone is built on what is immediately prior. And so last week, Pastor Steve took us through uh, such a familiar passage uh, in the whole armor of God. That Paul had called the church at Ephesus to put on the whole armor of God, these things that they both put on and pick up to clothe themselves and, and be ready uh, for this walk, this life uh, to the end. And so as we enter into this understanding of the way of our prayer, we, we see that to the end is, is really just building on what has immediately come before. That when we pick up and clothe ourselves in the whole armor of God, we, we stand here asking, what is next? And if you 
weren't able to, to hear that sermon, uh, all of our sermons are uh, recorded and, and kept on our website. You can, you can go back and listen to that. Uh, but this is, this is where we were left, is that we put on the whole armor of God and we ask, what is next? And, and Paul gives us that answer. I don't know uh, about you, but when I was in uh, grade school, our school took a, a field trip uh, down to the, the firehouse, the, the local uh, station, and we got to, to meet the firefighters and, and climb on the trucks. And, and one of the things that we got to do when they're there is uh, they pull out all of their gear, right? So they, they pull out their, their boots and uh, the, the pants and the jacket and the, the helmet and everything uh, that protects them and, and guards them as they uh, move into fires. And so, you know, this you know, six-foot guy comes over and next to a three-foot guy, a uh, little schooler is sitting there and it's like, all right, I want you to put this on. And so they step into the boots and they put on the suspenders and of course everything is baggy and not fitting and uh, the jacket goes on and, and the helmet is there. And in that moment, if there were a, a fire to, you know, ironically break out there in the firehouse, that little child would probably be one of the safest in the room. But there is no risk of fire and it would be uh, probably a reckless use of taxpayer dollars to let that child go home with all of that equipment and so instead they take off the helmet they take off the jacket they take off uh, the pants and, and boots and everything else uh, and kind of go from there why because well that kid doesn't need it but God has, has called us to put on the armor of God we hear this call we, we see it and yet so many of us think like that child oh, there's not a fire here this isn't my profession I'm going to take this off because I, I don't need it. But Paul doesn't call them to do that. He says, you have dressed for battle. You have put on the full armor of God. What is next? If you're dressed for battle, if you're dressed for a fire, the natural expectation is that you would go forward, that you would do battle. And what's fascinating about this is the first act of, uh, of stepping out, if you will, in the whole armor of God is not to, to march to the gates of hell and, and to beat it down. It's not to even go and, and share the gospel with the lost. What is the first act after being clothed in the armor of God? It's to pray. So often we, we view prayer as, as something uh, that's not really part of the battle itself. It's not really part of, of what is happening. It, it's really just kind of what we do before. We do it before we pray. We do it before we go to bed. We do it before we start our day. Baseball players, football players, they, they do it before the game. And then they put that behind. Why? Because it's starting. The action is now starting. Prayer in the Christian life is part of the battle itself. It's not just what we do before or after. Is the fight. And so that's why Paul can say here in verse 18 that we would be praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And this is not that we would just turn it on or off, and that we would instead just at all times, the heart of our prayer is, is that it is a constant walk with God. It's that we don't have to stop praying because we've never left God's presence. We don't have to say, God, will you come into this place? Because he is already there. That when we pray and we walk in this constant relationship with Christ, this constant obedience and intercession with God, it means that we 
for every need, for every request. That he himself, that Christ intercedes on our behalf. That the spirit prays for us when we don't even have the words to say. That this is the prayer, this is the battle that that Paul has called to them. And he, he calls them to set their heart on the heart of God. So this is more than petition. It's more than conversation. It's also an alert perseverance. What does he say? He says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. That we would be alert and persevering against sin and the enemy. Right? We put on the armor of God. There's an expectation that we need it. There's an expectation that if we are carrying a shield, that we will need a shield. That if we have a sword, it is for a reason. That if, as we have worn the armor of God, we do so in the task that God has called us to. So, fourth century theologian named Torinus, he, he says this. He says, let your deep affections enter into your praying. The inner spirit, that is the inner man, is making his prayer with an intense desire. He is praying all the time so that even when he is not praying aloud, he is still praying in the spirit. That is, that we would set our very hearts and souls as aware of the battle that is happening before us. That if we are wearing the armor of God, it is not something that we decide, well, I'm not at church, so I don't need this armor. Well, I'm not sharing my faith, so I don't need this armor. Well, I'm not doing this thing setting our hearts, uh, the heart of our prayer is one that is alert, that's persevering, that it's coming before God constantly, what are the things that we pray for? Well, as we saw in in Matthew chapter 6, Christ has given us examples of prayer. We see it also in Mark and really throughout Scripture. Anytime that that we see someone pray, Old or New Testament, we have a picture of what does it look like to pray before. Paul gives us a, a picture of part of that prayer. What does he say? He says, praying at all times in the spirit, with all supplication, alert with perseverance, making supplication, making requests, intercession, prayer for the saints. That we would pray for other believers. Do we pray for each other? Further, he says, for me, as the words may be given to me, and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Do you remember where Paul is writing this from? Paul is in chains. He is in prison. He is sending Tychicus because he cannot go himself. And so as he is calling them to prayer, he's calling them to pray for each other. He's calling
calling them to pray for the saints, that is, all that are in Christ, uh, that we are made holy ones through the gospel. But he's also calling them to pray for the persecuted. He's calling them to pray for ministers. He's calling them to pray for the gospel's advance. Did you notice what he, he didn't pray for? Remember, he's writing this from prison. What does he not pray for? He doesn't pray for release. He, he doesn't pray that he would get out of jail, right? It's not because he had a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? He, he, he prays that the gospel would go forward despite his circumstances. That God would use you where you are. This may mean that he'll send you elsewhere. It may mean that he'll give you endurance. But in all places, it means that we would pray for each other, pray for the persecuted, pray for our ministers, pray for the gospel to go forward. Do we pray for each other as often as we pray for ourselves? Think about the handful of your last few prayers. The, the things that you prayed for this, this morning or this week. Prayed for our needs, our burdens, our provision, our decisions. When was the last time you prayed for someone else? neighbors that haven't accepted Christ. If we consider these things and prayed for them as much as we prayed for ourselves, as much as we prayed for our needs, how would our lives change? What difference would this make in our church? What difference would it make in our world? John Bunyan asks us, says you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. So often we, we think that we are effecting change. We're going to go out and, and do these great things, and we haven't prayed for them first. We expect and, and hope that our lost co-workers and friends and family would come to know Christ. How often in the past week or month or have we prayed for them by name? Have we prayed for opportunity to share the gospel? And this isn't an indictment of, of you. If the Spirit is convicting you, that's, that's the Spirit. It's also an indictment of my own heart. It's a call for all of us to be about the prayer that Christ has demonstrated here. That Paul is, is calling us to pray for the saints, to pray for the gospel to go out to pray for those who are proclaiming it. This is part of why we pray for each other, why we pray for, for members going through uh, a checklist of names. I, it's a, a way that we can print off uh, from our directory, know uh, who is praying where and when, to, to see who is in the church, to look over their names and to pray for them. Let us know how we can pray for you let us be about praying for each other. Why? Because not only is there a way of our prayer, but there's also a mutual concern here. Look again at verse 21. As Paul has called them to prayer, also he's telling them what's next. He says, so that you may know how I am and what I am doing, I'm going to send my beloved brother, this, this faithful minister. The word there is, is the same word that we have uh, for, for deacon elsewhere. That he is a servant of, of 
he's probably a deacon there in, in the church, uh, maybe in, in Rome where Paul is in prison, but wherever he is, that he is calling them forward. And he's saying, here's my instruction. Here are the ways that I, I want you to pursue Christ. Here, here is the book of Ephesians. Here is this letter. But more than that, there's this mutual concern that Paul is concerned about the believers here. Right, that Paul is not a celebrity, he, he's not a YouTuber where he's just kind of sitting back, he's producing content and saying, everyone, look at me. Here, here is my knowledge, here is my skill, here is everything that you need. Paul is, is meeting them where they are. He, he's in, inviting them to, to know him, to be known by him. This mutual concern is one that bears each other's that is, that we have a legitimate concern for others' well-being. How are you? Really, how are you? If we're going to be praying for each other, if, if, call, if Paul calls us to be praying for each other, how do we know what to pray? This is part of the reason we are in a, a visible church, that this is not, oh, all of, all of Christians all over the world just kind of read your Bible and pray and figure it out. But no, that we gather together. That, that God has, has so uh, graced us and, and give us the mercy of community and fellowship that we walk through life together. And so as we bear one another's burdens, we know what to pray for each other. We, we know each other's highs and lows, what we're going through on, on a weekly basis even. The ways that we communicate ourselves with each other is not just a, a communication in the way that it's a status update. It, it's not just, well, here is what's happening. It's a communication of our very souls. That in the church you can know and be known in ways that you cannot experience elsewhere. This is the deep knowledge of the community of faith. That there is something about the spirit in us that unites us beyond any affinity. That is anything else that we might have in common. You and I might go to the same place. We might like the same things. We might root for the same teams or enjoy the same hobbies. But none of these things, regardless of, of the sameness that is there, unites us eternally and as deeply as the Spirit of God. That we would bear one another's burdens. This deep knowledge of community plays itself out and at least ways. And we try to embody those here at West Creek, and we've tried to structure our gatherings around them. But that is that we bear one another's burdens. We, we live out our life in, in the aspects of our heart, of our head, and our hands. Right? So we see this in our community groups. Not only in, in bearing one another's burdens and praying for each other, highs and lows and growth updates that we literally care for the hearts but also in our, our heads, that we would grow in knowledge of the Lord, that we have our, our core seminars, our, our teaching times, that we have greater application of our, our sermons, that we walk through life together, and, and not only caring for hearts, but also building up our heads in, in the ways that we know and know Christ greater. But also that we would move to our hands, not that we would be intellectually built up or emotionally or spiritually cared for, but also that we would do things, that we would do things for the Lord not just that we would eat together or fellowship together, though this is part of community, but also just a, another pitch for our, our work day, that for members here, that it's to say we are meeting the needs of one another, and it's not just, oh, you're grad
grass is long, I'll pray for you. No, that we would go and we would cut that grass. This is what Christ has, has called us to do. It's not simply something of the heart or simply something of the head or simply something of the hands. There are groups that, that try to, to do these things on their own. That counseling services can speak well to the heart. And, and there are uh, places of training and education that can speak well to the head. And there are volunteer organizations that, that can speak to the hands. And, and these are all good components that God is, is working through. But the church is meant to be all three. And it's going to look different based on, on your affinity, based on your personality. Some of us are more inclined to, the, to working with our hands. That's, uh, that's kind of touchy-feely. I'll, I'll share. I'll pray for you. That's, that's great. But I'd, I'd rather just let, let me help and let me serve in these ways. And, and that's, that's great to recognize those good things. But don't neglect what God is doing in your heart and your head. Other of us want to shy away from the work, and, and we'd rather just, just study, and we'd rather just grow, and we'd rather just, just absorb all that we can from, from God. And, and that's great. of us just want to, to pray for and love on and serve others. And we're not really interested in, in growing in our knowledge of God. Maybe we even think that we've got it figured out. Don't neglect what God is doing in the home of the Christian community. That this mutual concern that we would know how I am, what we are doing, that we would be encouraged sent him for this very purpose that he may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. This mutual concern is, is a call not just to bear one another's burdens but also to encourage the saints. The Christian life is, is difficult. It's not easy. But let me say that it is more difficult when we fail to encourage each other. In contrast, we, we walk stronger when we are in To, to give honor to those whom honor is due. There are men and women in this church that have a, a gift of encouragement, a, a spiritual gift of encouragement. Look at Doug Nix. Look at, at Miriam Allen. Look at the ways that they encourage you, that they, they bring light in. There, there's so, so many of us, my, myself included, where we just see problem after problem after problem. The screen was glitching today. Did you see that? Oh, maybe the, the words were out of order. Maybe my chair isn't, isn't that comfortable. And, and these are things that can be addressed and they, they should be addressed. But how often do you encourage, encourage your brothers and sisters? And I don't just mean that please don't complain to us or anything like that. Absolutely bring those, those to us. But I, I mean for each other. When, it, when is the last time that you encouraged a brother or a sister who is walking well before the Lord, that you would say that what you are doing, the, the love that you're showing, the grace that you're, you're walking through, the maturity or the endurance or, or whatever it might be, is an encouragement to, to be encouraged. That we would have a mutual concern for each other. That we would know each other well. That we would care for, for heart and for head and hands. Finally, Paul moves towards this blessed farewell. In verse 23, he says, Peace be to the brothers 
moves a little faster. Maybe you pay attention a little less. You feel like you've got the argument down. You feel like you, you understand kind of the main point, and so the last of it kind of skips by. Don't do that. Look at this final aspect of, of peace and grace that Paul is offering. The peace and grace is actually this kind of bookend of Ephesians. As he opens the book there in chapter 1, verse uh, 2, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he turns to the end and he says, Peace to the brothers and grace be with all who love our Lord. That this grace and peace is, is a bookend of this entire content. Fred Sanders jokes that uh, for those that, that like chiasms, that this a story that moves uh, like poetry where it goes A, B, C, D, A, this, this mirror, this pattern. Uh, he says, We have it right here in Ephesians. We have grace, peace, all of Ephesians, and then grace and peace. That Paul is, is doing this with a purpose. It's, it's more than upright living alone, but Paul desires a deep feeling of solace in the Lord. That is that the favor of God would be with those who walk faithfully before him. That you would experience grace and that Paul would experience grace and peace. Not freedom, not release from jail, but grace. Peace. This is in many senses the greatest desire for those who walk with God. Perhaps seen most clearly in our prayer of blessing as we, we pray and dismiss every Sunday. One thing that, that my mind always goes back to is this, this prayer, the, this priestly blessing or the blessing of Aaron that we see in Numbers 6. In the book of Numbers, Moses is called by God to, to set apart the priestly calves. Aaron and his sons that would intercede before the people to God himself. This role that was ultimately replaced and fulfilled by Christ, that Christ is our high priest, that we no longer need someone to make sacrifices before us. But in, in many ways, we, we see this call to care for one another. Is we have the priesthood of the believer that each one of us can come before God. How might we show the grace and peace to each other? And number six, starting in verse 22, it says, The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, speaking to Moses, saying, Thus you shall bless the shall say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel for I bless them. And so here at the end of Ephesians, Paul is, is encouraging them to, to pray for one another, to bear one another Finally, in his farewell, he, he blesses them in the way that the priests, that, that God has called his people to, to bless each other for thousands of years, continues to bless us. May we have the grace and peace of God.
that there's love is incorruptible, that it is without corruption, that it is without decay, that it is without flaw or blemish. It is to set our hearts and our eyes and our wills at the feet of Jesus. That this is the, the gospel call of love, is that Christ loved us with such a love that he would give his own life that we would be restored to him. That for those who are in their sin, simply verse 24 and and that this book ends that this church has died that these believers who are reading it are are no longer alive now Ephesians end is that the Ephesians that read this letter the ones that were in Christ those that were away from Paul are with the Father today isn't that the incredible picture uh, of the gospel is that those that are in Christ here in in Scripture, that those who are in Christ that received these letters for the first time, that they are witnesses to His glory and His love. That all of those that have been in Christ at any point are with Him in heaven. May this call extend stage of your life physically or spiritually if you are in Christ you have been sealed by the spirit and will be united finally with that grace and peace and love everlasting so we have this mutual concern this time this moment that we have for for whoever knows how long where we can care for each other and and some of us Maybe with each other for an incredible amount of time. Others for just seconds. Whatever that length of time, let us care for each other well. Let us pray for each other deeply. Let us love Christ together. Because God has brought us together. wants to pay for your sin. He wants to to root you in a community that can know you and care for you in ways that you have not experienced before. If you are in Christ, look to the ways that you are living out your faith in prayer, that you are living out in the community with your, your heart and your head and your hands. Look what might be lacking. God, we we pray for each other. Lord, we 
we, we pray for this fellowship. God, we pray for our endurance. Father, and as, as we close this book, Lord, as we, we celebrate with each other, Lord, what you are doing. God, let us care well.